I'm Mel. And I'm Tosh. And welcome to another episode of Mahogany Mammalogy, an online dialogue pertaining to the concerns and carefree parenting of Black motherhood. And this week, our momologist of the week is Tisha. She is the co-manager of Mini Farmers Market Buying Club, whose mission is to provide wholesome fruits and vegetables at a reasonable price for the community in many areas that are actually food deserts. Tisha is taking the bull by the horns to help others. Congrats, sis. And now, on to the show. Congratulations. All right. So, did you know African Americans make up more than 40% of the homeless population? Nearly half of homeless are families with children. Specifically in the Dallas and surrounding counties where we are um, recording, these numbers are growing, even in cities that previously cited no homeless populations. While cities boast of resources to assist providing shelters, the tone of our neighbors are vastly different than that of what we see and hear. So the challenge to overcome the odds, of course, is an uphill battle. Some survive, Mm -hmm. some don't. Today, we we will explore the challenges and inspiration behind this topic, Homeless to Entrepreneurship, with our guest mammologist, Chef, Sonia Dorsey. Welcome, Welcome to the show. Sis. Thank you. Thank you. Chef Dorsey is the executive chef and lead chef instructor uh, for the new City Square Cafe located in the Opportunity Center on Malcolm X Boulevard. If you're here in Dallas, Chef Dorsey found herself and her four children in an abusive relationship in Louisiana. Like so many women in this situation, she didn't have the support network to transition safely into a new life. But really, I want to, um, for Chef Dorsey to really tell us about her experience, and we welcome you welcome to again. our show. Yeah, so tell us. Thank you for having me. Mm-hmm. Um, it was crazy. Um, you know, you think that my mother was abused also. Oh. So you think that you're breaking chains, and I thought that I had broken a train of abuse because— it was like, you know, okay, I'm never going to be in that situation. Like, I, I know the signs. I watched my dad beat my mom for years. So I know the signs of an abuser. And so when I married this man, um, I thought he was the best thing since we bred, you know. And he came to me. You know how sometimes um, they'll come to you telling you, you know, telling you God sent them. And three days after we got married, everything changed. Um, I had real long hair. He made me cut my hair. And he made me cut my hair, like, literally, like, I went from, like, down my back to, like, Tony Braxton. What was Um, his reasoning? At that time, he didn't give me one. It was just, um, I want you to look better, and and I like the short hair. And then I came home one day from work, and all of my clothes were gone. What? He had replaced all of my clothes with real long dresses and, like, old-timey suits and stuff like that. I'm like, where are my clothes? And um, he was like, well, um, you're my wife, and you're not going to be dressing like that. And I, it wasn't any type of way. It was like blue jeans and cute shirts and, you know, cute little heels and stuff. He had gotten rid of all my heels. He had gotten rid of all my clothes. And I'm like, okay, I can't do this. Like, what? why do you take my clothes? And he was like, well, you're my wife, and you're going to do what I say. Okay, so me being an obedient woman and me thinking, okay, this is maybe this is what God wants me to do. He wants me to transition into something different. That's what I'll do. Then 
he started my kids. I had four kids, um, and n- none of them were his. I couldn't go. My kids couldn't come out their room. So it went from my kids playing outside to my kids had to play in the house to my kids could only play in their room. And I had to be in the room with him at all times. So it was like, okay, now I'm seeing something. This is getting scary. Mm. And, um, you know, then he started... My sister, I would speak to her every day, and my brother, I would speak to him every day. I couldn't talk to my family. He would, like, watch my phone calls, and if my phone would ring and it was my sister or my brother, he was like, tell him you can't talk. So it was at that point, it's like, okay, wait, this is control. He's starting to control me. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of went from, wow, you know, this amazing man to, you know, this control freak, and it got really scary. At what point... um did you leave or what? Did you receive help in leaving the home? You just no. got up and left? What? I mean, do you do you mind kind of telling us how you transitioned from Louisiana to here? Right. To I don't Dallas? Mind at all. Okay. Um, it was crazy because, you know, honestly, the police can't help you as much as we think they may want to. Okay. But if they want to get you, they will get you. My sister at that time was a Shreveport police uh, officer. Um, but I really didn't tell her everything that was going on in my house because he threatened to kill my kids. So, uh, so, so further down, he started threatening to kill my children. He started threatening to kill my brother. He started threatening, and in my head, and even though I should know better because I went through that as a child, he was going to do it. He knew where my kids went to school at. He was on their paperwork because he was their stepdad. So he could go get my kids. He could kill my kids. And that was in my head. So at that point, it was total control. So it went on and it went on. He even quit my job for me. I went to go to work one night. At that time, I was working as a nurse. And I worked at a nursing home at night. Mm-hmm. I showed up for work. And the um, the shift uh, person, she was like, why are you here? And I was like, I came off my three days because we did 12-hour shift, so it was my three days. She was like, you quit. And I was like, no, I didn't. She said, we have a letter of resignation from you. What? And she said, well, you need to call and talk to the DON in the morning. Um, I was like, but I didn't quit. She was like, well, Sonia, there's nothing we can do because, you know, we we accepted that, you know, three days ago. Called the DON. She said, yeah, we got a letter that your husband delivered and that he um, said that you would no longer be working here. So at that point. What did he do for a living? Because he did a whole lot. He was a tech. He was a a tech. He, He didn't make that much money. But. At that point, it was like, oh, my God, so you took my finances from me. You took mm. my livelihood, my life. My, you taking myself. Yeah. And and so mentally, I'm beaten now because you threatened to kill my kids. So at this point, I'm shrinking. Yeah. You took away my job. I'm shrunk. And then there's nothing else left of me but, you know, a shell within myself. And my kids started noticing things and... They didn't want to be there. They started hearing me at night. He literally would start choking me in my sleep. Um, He would threaten that if I told anybody, again, he would kill my kids. And it got to the point where I was being raped. I was being beaten. I had to use makeup and stuff to cover up the bruises on my body. Um, It was bad. And um, one night, I just said, you know what? He he was still working at night. And he said, if you leave, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill your kids. I was over it. I was like, if he gonna kill me, he's just gonna have to kill me. Got my kids, I left. Um, I told at that point, I told my sister, I said, look, I'm going through something. She helped me get an apartment. 
He 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 found us, but he didn't bother me because I started threatening him when I was going to call the police. I was going to tell the police. He was like, okay, you know, it's over. And so this is like later on, like months later. So he left me alone. Um, one night I was, I had gotten another job. I was getting ready to go to work. And I don't know, this particular night, you know, things was good. You know, I'm happy. Went to work about, and I worked overnight. So about six o'clock in the morning, I'm coming home. I'm getting out. I had and I had my little tracks in my hair because you know at this point I'm trying to get me back together. I got out of my car and I start walking up to where the apartment's at, and I felt like a blast, and that was the last thing I remember. Wait, what? It, it was like it was like I heard something like boom. Yeah. Um, woke up three months later. He had beat me into a coma. He hit me so hard, um, and he thought I guess. I'm assuming he thought I was dead. Sure. Yeah. But, um, yeah, he beat me into a coma. And I woke up three months later not knowing what my babies was, not knowing what was going on. Um, there, one, one grandmother got him. The other grandmother got him. Um, I woke up. They said I wouldn't be able to um, speak um, properly anymore, that um, I would probably have really, like, problems remembering. And I do sometimes. My short-term memory guides me, but I've been praying about that, and God has really delivered me. My walk, they said I wouldn't walk anymore. I used to sing. I used to have a really beautiful voice. And so he choked my vocal cords. And so now I go through this thing to where sometimes I can't talk. Or like now, I have to um, use lozenges to make sure that my voice um, comes out like it does. Um, and so... Come to find out, the, the, it was a good thing and it was a bad thing because my sister came to check on me that night. And that's how she found me. She saw him speeding off. And that's how they found out who did it. Oh, wow. Um, and okay. She was the one who, who she was, uh, she said something told her to come by my house. The police officer's uh -huh. sister. Okay. Mm -hmm. She said something told her to come check on me. And that's who found me. And um, had she gotten there... I mean, who knows if she got knows? there later, right? You know who what could have happened if I could have bled out, if I could have had brain swelling, which I did. But um, or yeah, yeah, he would have done more. Yes, ma'am. Or could have done more. Could have done. Yeah. More. Yes, ma'am. And so at that point, we had lost everything. I had nothing. We had lost our apartment, my car. We was not. We had nothing. Um, and I had to try to rebuild. Like it was. It was like God. What did you want me to learn from this? Mm -hmm. Should I have known? You know, do, do should I know these signs? I went through this with my mom. I went through this with my family. Why didn't I know? So then I blamed me. So then I had to, I had to figure out what was in me that I attracted this type of person. Why did I stay? Why didn't I tell? You know. Who who knows? You know who knows? Saying, like, but you were beating yourself up, which adds to to the mental stress of it all. Um, at what point were you able to see your children? Um, maybe after the coma, probably about a um, little over a month and a half, maybe almost two months. Um, I didn't want them to see me like that. Um, and it was a bittersweet reunion. Um, they were so excited and they were so happy. They, uh, my sister, they never told my kids what happened. So my kids mm. only found out last um, about a year and a half ago. The Genesis Foundation yeah. um, 
honored me for being a domestic violence abuse survivor. Sure. And that's what my kids found out when they saw the video. They thought I had um, a bout with cancer, and they thought that I, that's why I was in the hospital. So no, nobody said nothing? Like, not to my kids. So Did you what? want that, or was that the family's, like— I think the, that that was their grandmother's decision. Okay. Because my children um, were really, really close to me. And my children, my my, my my knee baby girl, she told me when she was about seven years old, she said, Mom, if anything ever happens to you, I'm going to die with you. Oh, God. So, no. yeah. So, we, they didn't want—they just told me, you know, I was in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And so— when I got out, um, one of the grandmothers gave me a car. It was an old Buick Century. Mm-hmm. And so I got my kids, and she was like, where are you going to stay? I was like, don't worry about it. I got somewhere to stay. I just wanted my kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just wanted my kids. So yeah. She had given me some blankets and some stuff, and me and my kids were sleeping in my car. She gave me some money, and um, we we slept in my car, and I was so scared. Like, I didn't want my kids to get taken from me mm-hmm. because, A, I'm still going back and forth to therapy. Yeah, I'm yeah. still um, being seen um, unbeknownst to them, um, you know, mental, psych, uh, the psychological evals and all of this type of thing. Sure. I didn't want them to take my kids. So I'm going to tell them, we sleep. okay, I'm just coming out of this. I don't have anything, and now we're homeless? No, I didn't let anybody know. While I was asleep, they had, um, like, hospitals. I would go at night, and I would pull up in the back of a hospital because I was scared to, like, sleep on the streets. I didn't want anybody to break in the car. Mm-hmm. Kind of let the window down, and me and my babies would sleep there. And um, sometimes I would, like, drop, you know, my other daughter off at the grandmother house or mm-hmm. drop one off at the dad's house. But my son, he wouldn't leave me. He said, Mama, if you're going to sleep in the car, I'm going to sleep in the car with you. I'm not leaving you. And so I would drop the other kids off all day, you know, and then I would go get them, you know, sometimes spend time with them. Mm-hmm. And then I'd take them back. But my baby, he said, Mommy, I'm not leaving you. Mommy, I'm not. We slept in that car. And me and him would drive around to different hotels and stuff, and we sleep in the back of a hotel. And one night, um, we were at this hotel down Jefferson Page Road, and it was a church down the street. And so we was just driving. We was, you know, I was getting kind of hungry and didn't want to ask the grandmother for any more money. So we was driving down the street, and this, this church was having this revival. And I was like, okay, let me pull up in here. Pulled up in there, and um, we got out, and we got to talking to people and telling them what happened. And, you know, it's kind of, you know— I don't know, at that point, I was so broken. It was like, I, you know, I'm tired of sleeping in this car. This sure. my, I just, yeah. I need some help. Yeah. And they put us up in a hotel. And they would come check on us. And I would start going back to the church. They ended up hooking me up with some people that they knew from a home health service. So I ended up getting the job. But while I was working at the home health service, I was still sleeping in my car. They blessed us with clothes. So I would drop the kids off at friends' house, go get the mm-hmm. kids. So then yeah. I'm bu- now I'm building. Yeah. Yes. Now yes. I'm building. And so we slept in our car probably for a little bit over four months. Ended up getting a little um, efficiency apartment. Nice. And uh, me and my kids, was it was so funny. We laugh about it today because we had this air mattress. And we would get on the air mattress, and when we got up, we would make it up like a bed. <laughs> so, um, you know, I told him, I said, we don't have much, but we have each other. And, and through that all, you know, I just kind of started building from there. And then went from there, I ended up um, losing that job. And so here we go again. Mm. Um, And because at that time, the money I was making, I couldn't get any help from the state. Because here in in Texas, it's crazy because they don't, we didn't have resources like this in Louisiana. I was going to ask you what the, how, how you see the differences 
in resources between the two states. Oh, my God. So at one point, um, after I had lost that job and I lost that appointment, we had moved. Um, I don't know if you guys know about the Salvation Army. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We had um, we got a bed there and we in we, we was in there and. I was so distraught because it was like, okay, I've never been in this type of environment. And me and my children were in the, on our little bunk and they had church services. Well, I still had my church that I wanted to go to. Yeah. And the guy told me, he said, if you don't go to our church, you can leave. Like, are you serious? I, I promise you. He said, if you can go to our church, you can leave. We tried to get clothes. They gave us like the old, stinkiest, raggediest clothes that they could find. Like we, like they have the front and the back. So the front is where the good clothes are at. The back is where they send me and my kids. And these clothes smelled like 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 rat urine. And they said y'all can get clothes from back there. And they was just really, really ugly to us. But he was like, if you don't come to our church, you can actually you you can your kids can leave. You have to fellowship with us. And I was like, but I have my own church well your own church should have put you up in a place I got my kids and I got in that car and we left so at that point we was from pillar to post we was at people house people house people treated me and my kids so ugly we sat up nights sometimes in front of like McDonald's we would go in and get that that dollar burger and we would sit out in the car and we would cry and we would eat because people treated us so ugly and it was just at that point I was broken again. I'm homeless again. We have nothing. I can't get food stamps. I can't get welfare. I can't get anything. Because you don't have an actual address. I didn't have an actual address. It's backwards. It doesn't make sense because you need the services. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> but you need an address to get it, yeah. We it's a, yeah, you can't get child care. Um, because of course I didn't have a job. I need childcare at that point. I needed it so I could get a job, so I could get so stable you can pay once again. for childcare. Yeah, no, it yeah. is it is cyclic. It yes, is pretty ma'am. cyclic. So, oh my word! When did you come, or what made you come to to Texas? So that was years down. So at that time, that time, um, I actually ended up um, with a really good friend. Um, we stayed there. Um, I was able to get back into nursing. I was able to get myself to the point. And I'm going to tell y'all, this is the fun. This is kind of funny because I laugh about this all the time. Um, so I went for this job interview at the, nef- at the Nephrology uh, Associates. Mm-hmm. And y'all, I had nothing. I had a suit that I had found in the garbage can in front of, they had like these real prestigious neighborhoods, kind of like this area, like the... Um, the 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 uh, historical districts yeah and it was this big bag I had passed by this big blast I'm a dumpster diver and I ain't shame of it because I didn't got some good stuff out the trash can okay <laughs> I am I'm, I'm, I'm old man I'm a dumpster I was a dumpster diver yeah. and so I found this nice suit and I could wear this suit and I'm like okay God this suit was for me and it was a cream color suit the suit was gorgeous so I hung it. Up and so the wrinkles would fall out because I had no money for the cleaners. Sure. I had um, borrowed $50 from my daughter's granddaughter, uh, my daughter's grandma. Um, I went to Payless and got me a pair of flats. I put this suit on and I went to my interview. Honey, I crossed my legs. My friend had helped me with a resume because at that point, my cognitive skills still weren't good enough right. to, you know, mm-hmm. figure it out. But, you know, faking it till you make it. Oh, I, I, I think I defined that that day. Yes. I crossed my legs. I sat in front of them people, and I sold me. I gave them, and and y'all, I'm honest. 
I lied on my resume that I had worked at this place, that place, this place. I was this and I was that kind of nurse and I did this. And I said, God, you gave me the skills. I can learn when I get there because they're going to train me. But I'm going to have to fake it till I make it to get in the door. And they hired me on the spot. Oh, I love it. Wow. They hired me on the spot. And so... And so I built from there and I ended up um, doing well and we got better. We got us a good apartment. I got me a better car Mm -hmm. and years had passed um, and my sister had gotten sick from cancer. She and I had a business out there. We oh. had sister and sister home uh, design. I paint. She, I paint like the walls. I do abstract paintings. She did um, home interior and, you know, all of this kind this of stuff. This one was like a jack of all trades. <laughs> I know. That's what I'm like. She painted. Wow. And, and so. Uh, we haven't even gotten into the cooking part. Really? Right. Yeah, we ain't even get there. Yeah. Oh, my God. The yeah. ultimate She nursing. I yeah. love it. Yeah. <laughs> But you know what? But that speaks to the resilience of the black woman. Oh, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. Especially if we know we have kids, we are going to do what we need to do in order even to get a little bit of scratch together. To come out. yeah, So that they can eat and put some clothes on just for that day. Mm -hmm. You know? So, yeah. Yeah, I commend you, man. Thank you. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I've been a cook my whole life. Like, my my grandmothers had restaurants. One was in Sibley, Louisiana. One was in Menden, Louisiana. Both of them had restaurants. They hated each other. One was a culinary and the other one was pastry. So, each one gave me a That's a shame because they could have probably, like... Combined forces. They hated each other. My mom's mom hated my dad. My dad's mom hated my mom they uh, hated the family because he was abusive so it was and they both hated me that's right that's, <laughs> that's going right so right, I was right, in the which crossfire from it right. yeah. yeah so yes, this ma'am. is all like yeah okay yes, okay ma'am. so I was in the crossfire but one taught me one skill the other taught me the other skill so even though and I'm gonna tell you I used to take you know ramen noodles mm-hmm. and I would make a gourmet meal out of it so it's always been me putting stuff together you know and that I think that's what like really kept my cooking skills going so even when we was homeless we used to get a microwave and I would make ramen noodles and I would get broccoli and I would add it to it and I would put a little um little soy sauce in it and I would make that was my we call it romaine lomaine <laughs> but you know what? Folks, folks nowadays <laughs> I bet you are paying. I bet they paying. Folks nowadays are paying big bucks for that kind of. You yeah, know, they are. Who was it? The Neiman Marcus and yeah. the whole greens and stuff. Seventy five dollar collard greens from Neiman yeah. Marcus. You ever heard about that? No, I have Child, not. Don't Child. even. Wow. So, collard yeah. greens. Collard greens. There, those are our greens. Yeah, yeah, yep. collard greens. It yeah, was a thing. Seven, yeah, it was a thing for a short minute. For a short period, maybe it still is. I don't. I don't know. I, I think I'm, it was during the holidays. I'm not cultured enough to be at Newman Marcus. <laughs> Neither am I. <laughs> <laughs> I joke, but yeah, I mean, you know how they have a they have a little eating area, whatever in Neiman Marcus, a little cafe, and so you could even order it online. Yep. I believe mm-hmm, yeah. for Thanksgiving, they, it was seventy five dollar collard greens. I'm telling you. Yep. Look, she rethinking her whole pricing structure. Well, not even that. Who's to say it was even flavorful? Uh oh. Right. All right. <laughs> so, so talk to us. So, how did you come about? You know, you started to talk about your food and your culinary, you know, inspiration and experience. So, how yes. did you come about? You know, in, well, I've always, like I said, I've always cooked. Mm-hmm. And so, when we moved out here, Real quick, um, I met my husband, I met my boyfriend at that time, Keith, on Facebook. Um, I was doing some over 40 modeling. He saw me, he started stalking me. He was so cute, but he was just 
not my type, and I'm gonna talk mm-hmm. about that. Oh and so, yes, yeah, because let's. Yep. God tells you, He told me, okay, He's not your type, but He's the type I have for you. Okay, because I used to like six, you know, six foot three, yeah, yeah. two hundred pounds, blah 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 yep. blah. Keith yeah. was totally the opposite. He stopped me. He ended up asking me out. We got together. He was working. I was working nephrology. He was doing oil field. We had gotten together, been together about a year, building, building, building. He lost his job one week. The next week, my my doctor um, quit the practice. We lost our jobs. We lost. We went from thirteen thousand dollars a month income to zero. We lost everything. We lost our condo, three cars. We lost everything. We, li- my kids had moved out here. We literally ran to Texas to keep them from uh, repoing our last car, homeless with nothing. And we came out here. We were sleeping on my daughter's floor. We had we came from all of that money to nothing again. So you're we were you're homeless. One of the four children, daughter. My oldest one at this time. So years she's later, now grown. Years have passed. They were grown. Okay, she yes, came. Ma'am. She had now since moved to Dallas. Yes, ma'am. She moved to Dallas. My daughter, my two other daughters moved in with her, mm-hmm. and my son was like. Mommy, can I go to Texas? I was like, no. He was like, let me go for the summer. He ended up going. So Keith and I was just kind of okay. On, on the but the kids, the kids, the were, kids together. were already here. They okay. were together, okay. having fun. Okay. Um, and and Keith and I, we 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 lied. My sister at that point had passed from cancer. Okay. I was grieving. I shaved my head. I was grieving. I didn't want to be in Shreveport anymore without her. She was everything that was good within me. And and to a point, she hated the guy that I married. She hated him and told me she didn't like him from the first day I brought him around her. Your first husband? My, no, he was actually my <laughs> third husband. But um, yes, ma'am. The I, abusive husband. The abusive husband. She did not she, like. She did not like him. Okay. She didn't. But Keith. She loved him. She loved him. She told me before she died, she said, that's your husband. I was like, girl, he is not my type. No, ma'am. And um, we moved out here. We slept on a on an air mattress. He got a job. I got a job. Um, I was still cooking for my family and stuff. And um, we ended up getting us a little apartment. And um, I said, Keith, I said, I was working at ADT. I was like, I don't like it there. I, I, I want to cook. I want to bake. I said, if I quit this job, if I can help you support, you know, us by my cooking, will you please let me quit this job and start back catering? And at that point, I started a little cottage business called Crazy Lady Cooking. Mm -hmm. And it and I started on Facebook. And at that time, I wasn't social media savvy. Yeah. But I knew if I post, people would see it. And people started like, you know, just kind of biting. So I started making cupcakes and I started making these things I call quirky pins and I would give the pins to my customers and that drew people in and people started doing it. So I was like, okay, you know, maybe I got something and people I hear, they they think they know Cajun cooking, they don't. <laughs> and it, and Tex-Mex is not Mexican. I have, right. you know yeah, what yeah, I'm right. saying? No yeah. argument from us. Right. From right. So nah. I said, you know, I prayed to God and I said, Please bring back to my remembrance what I knew. Mm-hmm. I was a little girl slaughtering hogs, slaughtering cows. Good, you know, I, I I was a butcher at nine years old. I asked God to bring that back to me. God, give this to me. If this is what you want me to do, God, bring it back. And I promise you, I went to sleep and looked like I woke up and it was like, Whoa. and um, I saw this ad on on Facebook about Le Cordon Bleu, and. I went. I started going there. I went and did oh. a demo thing, and I went there. And it was crazy because um, my instructors was telling me, "Why are you here? Like you, 
you're a chef, like you're amazing. And I and I was like, and I would bake and they was like, oh my God, are you serious? You made this from scratch? Then I started making cakes and and my cakes wasn't like they are now, but I started kind of like, you know, going on YouTube and watching YouTube people. And I was like, okay, this is what this lady doing. I started following this one lady and, she, and I was asking her questions. She was answering them. I was asking local people and they was like, ah, you want to take, you pay for my class? And I'm like, you don't want to pay for no class. You know, and I can go mm-hmm. on YouTube for free. And mm-hmm. then it started from there. I graduated from the Cordon Blue and God hit me again. Changed the name. Crazy Lady Cooking is not you right now. At that time, Keith and I had got married. I was like, so what would we call this new company? And I said, you know what? I'm definitely a Dorsey. Definitely Dorsey. I was like, okay, that was the name of my yeah. company. Definitely mm-hmm. Dorsey Designing Cakes and Catering. And it, we just kind of blew up. People from my hometown would see me and they was like, oh my God, that's Sonya Hill. No, that's Sonya Dorsey. It just... Kind of, I started doing YouTube videos and we started building and building and now we have like this, this definitely Dorsey thing. Is he doing the recording or who, who's, um, how are the, how is the family all involved? Cause I feel like I've seen a video with, was it, was it one of the daughters? Yes. Perhaps? Okay. Yes. So we, we have Nina and the Emerald Queen, which is our little thing that we do together. <laughs> um, I know I'm the Emerald Queen and, <laughs> um, my son, he trained under me. He's a sous chef. My husband got formal training, but then I trained him. So he's a chef. So we all, and my baby girl, she is an amazing cook. So we all kind of get together and we kind of do our little cooking thing. Um, I started my YouTube channel. And then um, one day I got this phone call from this lady and she said, my name is Shanae Wise and I work with City Square. And she said, I've been seeing your videos on YouTube and because I'm an open book. Mm-hmm. Like, I talk about, you know, being molested. I talk about being raped. I talk about everything that's happened to me because if I don't talk about it, how am I going to know what you're going through? How am I going to help anybody who's been through anything? If they don't know, looking at me now, you're not going to know that I was beat, almost beat to death, that I was homeless, that I was, you know, a, a, a child, you know, you know, I was, I was uh, molested as a child. So um, she said, I want you to come talk to my students and tell my, your, my students your story. I started doing demos for City Square. Uh, then I started going to their graduations and, you know, and I kept doing my YouTube thing. And one day I was leaving the graduation. She said, um, the directors wanted me to talk to you because, um, you know, the student, we, our, our chef is leaving. And they was wondering, would you like to come just teach the class until we find someone? I started doing the holy dance because God yeah. had already told me I was going to teach. Mm-hmm. God, and I've been a teacher my whole life. Like I was a little girl. I used to like have my friends all standing out and I used to give them a little crayon paper I used to write and I used to teach them. And I don't remember what I taught them. But I taught them. <laughs> and they used to take little tests and stuff and I would check it and I would fail everybody because that's just what I did. <laughs> I'm just saying. I love, I love it. it. I absolutely yes. love what it. A pa- and so, how long have you been an instructor at City Square? I've Out been there. I was I went in on contract, and they decided to keep me. So, a total of three years. One year on um on on you know on on the actual um as a City Square employee, but I went in on contract, and I did that, and. So, I mean, just building from there, they started, you know, they opened the cafe. I helped open that. But again, teaching was my passion. Mm-hmm. So um, I did that for a little, for probably the past year. And then now I'm full-time instructor. I built the curriculum. I wrote the curriculum. So I'm telling you how good God is because he gave me the tools that I needed. Graduated from the Cordon Blue. Everything that I, that I learned, I retained. And from what the doctors told me, that wasn't a thing. 
But I think in our DNA, we have this thing that it's like, it's like I think it's like layers. Like you peel one layer, then the next layer is going to come through and mm-hmm. it's going to be more stronger. And the more you peel us as black women, the more stronger we're going to come back. Mm-hmm. You know, you you can beat us down. We're going to get back up. You know, you knock us down. We're going to find ways to keep you from knocking us down. And I built I built my, my, my business and my legacy on that foundation that the more I get knocked down, the harder I'm going to come back. Mm-hmm. You know, and mm-hmm. so definitely, does I started doing um, celebrities, and I started getting, you know, I have non disclosures. So I can't talk about a lot of them, oh, but um, okay. yeah, I know, yeah. I know, boo. But I did do some work, <laughs> and I did do some work for SZA. I can talk about that because she's I all over my Instagram. I saw you, I saw you. Yeah, she made yeah. a cake for her. She's, I saw her on Instagram. I was yes, like, what? Yeah, she's a sweet baby girl. Oh my god, I, I, I heard about her. her. Like, that's her neighbor or something that's, like that. No, she no, no, she's, she's that baby girl. She's my baby girl. She's such a kindred spirit. Yeah. Such a baby. I know. And I but I've done work for Drake. Okay. Um, you know, of course. Oh, she's like, yeah, okay. Of course. No one Listen, no, uh, you're not gonna put that on me <laughs> out there in the in the universe. <laughs> uh-uh. So you know, and then Cash Money. Of course, I'm from Louisiana, yeah. so I know yeah. I know a lot of the Cash Money people personally. Yeah, yeah. So I do. Oh, wow. I still, you know, if they come to town, we'll do work for them. Um, DJ Dove, DJ Baby, just you know those different people. And so God gave me a platform at that time. Okay. And so you know, doing the cakes and. Um, but when I'm cooking, people, my, my clients, and I do a lot of high-end doctors and lawyers and stuff, too. And they was like, what is this seasoning? Like, what are you cooking with? And I was like, oh, that's something I made. I'm a, I'm a tinker. Like, I throw stuff in a bowl and see what works, and I taste mm-hmm. it. And that's just what I do. Like, my mind is, is never stops, you know. And then I have, I'm, I'm a word junkie. So, I come up with these crazy acronyms and this crazy stuff. And... Um, I told my husband, I said, my next venture is the spice line. He said, what about them sauces? I was like, them lick your finger sauces. <laughs> he was like, yeah. Duh. Them lick your finger sauces. Them lick your finger sauces. I love it. But what about that fat ass, A-Z-Z, fish fry? He was like, Sonia, that's what you going to call? I was like, Yeah. So here we are. We're born definitely Doris. He's been in business for seven years. Nice. Designer cakes catering. Wow. Sonya's a private chef. Also, um, now we have sauces, Sonya, spices, and seasonings. And so, well, spices, Sonya, spices, and sauces. And I have to tell you, ladies, that, and you're going to be so proud of me, um, April the 24th. Look, I'm already proud of you. Like, <laughs> hey, you want me to give you, you want me to, you, you, like, she'll be like, well, I'm going to tell you something, be proud of me. I'm, like, I'm um, over here, like, can I need to get my life together? <laughs> I was just saying, just like 30 seconds ago, you just said that you made something for SZA and Drake. So, like, like how are you going to say hey, pr- proud? Don't worry about that, but be extra proud <laughs> of this. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's like, like, you cooking for Beyonce? Like, tomorrow? Like, yeah. Wait, that's right. a non-disclosure yeah. agreement. Yeah, I was going to say, she <laughs> hers, 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 hers don't, don't hear me. Don't put that in the... Don't put that. Don't put that in the... Don't put that. Yeah. Once I make you sign them. Oh, oh yeah, I know they like, will. And I, and I didn't... Well, I ain't know that because I'm going in my cell phones like, leave the cell phone. To, leave it at the door. At the door. What? Yeah. Oh, yes. Now, the, the security guards take your cell phones. The, don't. Um, they do. So yeah, I, like, I could imagine. I wanted to snap a picture. Don't. Yeah. And my husband, he's so starstruck. He's like... <laughs> I'm like, dude, stop. They're just, they're people, they're too. Just, they really are. They're, they're people, really are. too. Yeah. But, um, so especially funny. when they get these spices. Okay. 
Does she? Because I do me. Trust. Listen, to my listeners, I am looking at right now uh, Saucy Sonia's Booty Butt Cheeks All-Purpose Season. Booty Butt Cheeks. Oh. Booty Butt Cheeks. Oh. Booty Butt. Come on, Break you don't booty, know it. Booty, booty, booty Butt Cheeks. Booty Butt Cheeks. Booty Butt Cheeks. We out here twerking booty. in the studio. <laughs> but that, look, and that's the actual song, too. It is. It is a I really don't know the song. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I mean, I just don't know the song. Who sings it? It's like or a, raps it. I, or I don't even know who raps it or whatever. But I, I ain't gonna say because I'm not gonna get sued. I know. But, uh, I know. I was oh, say, I mean, snap! Thank you. I yeah. I yeah, didn't want to get you in trouble. Yeah, Sorry. Let's no, not go down that We spelled it different. It was from uh, the Boondocks. That's it what, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but we oh, spelled it different. So yeah, we good. It's a, yeah. That's where it stems from. Mm-hmm. But you know, you know how resilient we are. We yes. make a song out of everything, every and everything, and it goes hard. So. All day. Yeah. I'm telling you, my husband would love I'm going to show him, too. He's going to be like, what in the world? And love it to death. So. He will. And all the, they're, <laughs> they're keto-friendly, non-GMO. Everything is all natural. Um, we, we took a trip to um, New Mexico. I got a chance to talk with some Navajo Indians. I got a chance to speak with some medicine men and some people to kind of I wanted everything that I do, I want it to be holistic. I want you to be able to feel good because I haven't felt good my whole life. I've, I, su- I have suffered with depression. I have tried to commit suicide 13 times. And I'm talking about try it, try it. I ain't talking about what people take, two pills and holler about that. I'm talking, I took four bottles of Tylenol. I'm talking, I've slipped my wrist. I'm talking, I tried to drive my car off an embankment because I didn't want to live. I've gotten high insurance policies on myself so my kids would be taken care of. You know what I'm saying? But God brought me through all of that so I could be here today. So I would be able to say, I freaking made it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you I mean, have. Like I, I'm like a cat. I'm looking, I was looking at half of our questions. I'm like, I, I was like, yeah, I ain't even. I'm not even about that right now. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like not 13 even. times, yes. Sonia. Yes, that I can count. That you can count. Once my daughter remembered, um, she saved my life. My oldest one. Um, she was four years old, and I was in the bathroom, and I was just going. Through. And she and I, you remember, y'all remember uh, Yo MC Raps? Yeah. Yo MCV Raps? Yes. But we used to watch uh, MC Hammer all the time, and we and her used to dance, and we used to do this. We, she called, she was so little, she was called the C Hammer. So we used to dance, 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 dance. This particular day, I was over it. I was done. I went in the bathroom, and I had taken two bottles. This is when I think Tylenol PM had just kind of started coming out. Mm-hmm. I had taken two bottles, and I started cutting myself, and I still have the cut marks on my arm. And Tori came to the door, and she. Sunshine, my nickname is Sunshine. She's like, Sunshine, see hammers on. Let come on, let's dance. And I didn't say nothing. And I was sitting there and I was like, just go and die, just go and die. And she knocked on the door again. She said, Sunshine, see him on. Come dance with me. And I thought I had locked the door, but I guess I did. And Tori just flung the door open. She said, Sunshine, come on, dance with me. And she looked at me. She said, To my girl, stop crying. Come on, dance with me. Show me. Just four, toward my oldest one. And I said, girl, give me a minute, girl. I ain't crying. I was choking or something. I made myself throw up. I covered my arm and I went out and I danced with my baby. I get emotional. And I told this story um, about three, about two years ago. And Tori came up to me. She was 30 at the time. And she said, mama, I remember that. Ugh. She said, I remember that. 
And she said, I never wanted you to know that I knew that, but I knew that. And that's why I came and got you. Mm-hmm. She said something, kept telling her to come get me. Tori is your angel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She a today, y'all. She a oh, <laughs> We call a her bird. She a mess, honey, but a that's my mess. baby. That is my baby, but she's my first angel. And I believe in angels, good people, and miracles. Because I am one. Yes, ma'am. So. I always remember to smile through it. You have to always remember that no matter where you are in life, because we go through so much. Do you really have to smile through it? You have to. You have to. You you should. Even if you You don't want to. You should. No, you don't have to, but you should. Because you know what? The biggest thing that we give our victimizers is is it, when we frown and when we're down and when we're hurt, we giving them power. But even through hurting, when my head was this big, when I couldn't see, when I couldn't speak, I'm still, you know, trying to smile. All these teeth were gone. I'm still trying to smile. I'm still trying to raise my hand and be a joke because I'm a jokester and I'm still trying to joke. And even sleeping in that car, I'm still you know, smiling and telling my kids it's going to be all right. And we playing the duck game, ducking from the police so they wouldn't take my kids from me. You know, so you should smile. People don't understand our plight. Like as black women, as black moms, we will go to hell in gasoline draws, fight the devil for our kids. And that's what I always said I would do. I never had anybody to fight for me. Not my mama, not my dad. Not, I call them my, 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 my biologicals. Because she told me she hated me when I was nine years old because I was reminded her of my dad. He molested me. I ain't fooled them people like that. So nobody ever fought for Sonya. So Sonya had to figure out a way to fight for herself. Mm-hmm. And we as women and as black women, because we have it so hard in this society, in my field, you know, it's kind of unheard of. Oh, yeah, there are a lot of black TV shows whoop to do. But in this field who get out there getting it, it's not that many of us. And so that's why I stand pride. On April the 24th, I was, uh, it was Save Food Waste Day. There was a chop competition at the Perot Museum. Mm-hmm. I went up against one of Wolfgang Puck's executive chefs. And guess what? I won. I was the underdog. I'm on his turf. I'm the only brown girl. Yeah, because they are exclusive hitter. I'm the only brown girl, and I'm the only female. So I went up in there, I had on my camo, and see, camo is my thing, because I'm a fight, I'm a soldier, right? So I had on my camo headband, I had on my camo pants, and my camo shoes. And I went in there to fight, and I won that competition. You know, you're not going to make me continue to be the underdog just because I'm brown. I'm going to show them what I am. Mm-hmm. And that's the lioness, I'll never be a dog. What are some some tools that someone... Can, can do today to get out of situations that, that you were in? How can they... Because I know you had said, like, okay, in Louisiana, it sounded like at the time, there were no resources. And there's still no resources. There's still no resources. Today, here in Texas, in Dallas alone, there are so many resource centers for women um, to go to, to the places for them to live. I would tell them to first... You you have to first find, you have to dig deep because when we're hurt, everything in us, it just goes deeper and deeper and deeper. And we're trying to find our heart and we're trying to find ourselves. Dig deep and say, girl, 
you got to push. You got to fight. If this is what you want, you got to push. Then you got to figure out who do you love more? Do you love that person that's abusing you or do you love you enough to say it's enough? It's enough. And then you got to say, I said every day, Sonia, I love you so much. I had to fall in love with me. And when I started falling in love with me, I figured at that point I was going to be okay. That I, If I fell in love with me enough that I would know, I, I would be able to see signs of people who had those tendencies. And honestly, before I met my husband, I did. Mm-hmm. I started seeing if a guy even did this in me, I was gone. I was gone because I'm. You're, then you have signs of aggression. Mm-hmm. So, you know, start loving yourself and just start figuring out in you what is it about you that makes you special enough for you to love. And when you start loving that one thing, you're going to start seeing a whole lot of other things in yourself to love. And then you're going to start feeling like, okay, girl, I can sit up and I can hold my head up. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm not looking down anymore. I'm looking up and then I'm starting looking towards what I can do for my future. But self-love is the biggest thing. I, Whitney Houston said, learning to love yourself is the greatest love of all. And once you start, you know, knowing that you're special, knowing that you're you're okay, knowing that you're blessed, you have to know these things and start building on them things. And then you'll start coming out of some of these cycles. How does one even begin to look for resources? Say, I'm on the streets. Mm-hmm. You know, you're at the Opportunity yeah. Center, yes. right in the heart of an area that is... It's on the edge. I feel like the, City Square, where it's located. Yeah. It's like, you go one block, you're fine, you're good. The other side of the street, yes. or, or you go over the bridge. You go over the bridge. And it's a totally and different a to- game. That's right. So it's how do very you, interesting. How do you pull those on the other side of the bridge, on the other side of the, the tracks, you know? over to to identify resource how do you even where do you begin we have recruiters actually that they foot soldiers okay and um we we don't call the people that live outside of the walls we call them our neighbors because those are the people that live around us so they are our neighbors mm-hmm. you would be surprised all right we have recruiters but I call them foot soldiers they see people they tell them hey do you know about city square we have this we have that we you know and then i mean they just start and city square has been around i i've only been there a couple of years but they've been around for 20 years mm-hmm. um and larry james is amazing in this community um what he does but they get out <laughs> excuse me they send flyers they actually go out and touch people to let them know hey we have a resource center the oc is a resource center and they can go to building 100 and they can sign up for food stamps and help them with housing. And then once they get them in there, they tell them about everything else that we have there. The lift program, help them to get um, their GED. And then our program, it's a fee pro- free program. Yeah, They get a six-week culinary course that I teach with all my heart and soul. And I pour everything I know, everything I have into those people. But, I mean, they, they they go out and they touch the community. You can see us on billboards and flyers, but everybody in that community, our neighbors know about City Square. And they tell to tell a friend to tell a friend, yeah. they know that they can come there and they can come to our pantry and get food. They know that they can come there and get health. We have the, um, the clinic that's down the street that'll service those people in that area. So they just kind of tell each other, and then it's a, it's a domino effect. Mm-hmm. Is there a certain radius that they go to do you do you know about that or I'm not sure but I know that they they covered 
it's I'm not familiar. Mainly, it's mainly Dallas. Dallas. Yeah, mainly it's Dallas. mainly okay. Dallas. Um, <laughs> yeah. It would be nice. I don't feel like this is replicating other cities the way that um, it's now flourished as an organization. Right. Um, I happen to be on the board that Chef Dorsey, the program that she's on, I'm on the advisory board. Um, but there's other programs. There's actually one on construction. Which is huge yes. in this city yes. in terms of, um, in terms of the job creation and what City Square. Not that we're trying to do this as an advertisement for City Square, but for those that are in other cities and trying to figure out what programs and things yeah. that can be done, it's looking at what programs, or excuse me, what industries are thriving mm-hmm. and building programs to bring in our neighbors to learn these skills or kind of transition their current sure. skill set sure. into into this into X, Y, and Z skill set or X, Y, and Z industry. Sure. So that way they can then um, find a use, home yeah, or use a, those skills, skills and, to skills to get to have a home because part of it is job it's part of it is job creation. So then I guess my question then is then why and, and this yeah. is nothing to you mm-hmm. or anything it's like that. It's just an open discussion. Just yeah, an right, open right. discussion. If if we have such programs in place, then why are the numbers climbing? You know, those homeless numbers climbing. And not to the point like um you know, when we think about the term of homelessness, we, I mean, that's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, you are without a home, but we're not accounting for those who may kind of be couch surfing, you know. So technically, there's a, they, they have a roof under them, mm-hmm. you know, but they're just, you know, hopping mm-hmm. around. Are we accounting for those people? And, you know, like, why, why are the numbers still the way, you know, why are they going upward instead of downward? It could be, I say could, um, we have a higher, not high, we, there's a rising cost of living. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, I think, one. Not that Dallas is the highest, because we know some cities are right. crazy. And right. I'm sure their homeless count numbers um, are substantially higher than our than ours here in but, Dallas. And they, but in those cities, they also have a large a larger population. Exactly, yeah, right? A larger population. Um, I think that there might be also, too, an influx of when you have natural disasters. Um, we could still be seeing the effects of Katrina, unfortunately, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, people are displaced. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't go back home. <laughs> there wasn't a program to make sure people got back home. Right. There really wasn't. So after a certain point, you, Katrina, um, I forget Harvey. what Harvey. Thank you. After Harvey, what what's hap- what happened? What happened? All the people that happened to Harvey, where they at? They did they go home? Well, those that probably were in certain types of jobs and their jobs took care of them. Yeah, but Jane Doe or you know just our average Joe. And their livelihood was there, and maybe they weren't a part of a company that was a national company. Mm-hmm. It's gone, mm. right? So the the process for them is is um, kind of similar to I feel like for for Chef Dorsey is like okay, I've got to rethink and redo or learn again and mm-hmm. and ch- flip the script and do what have you. But they still are without a home, yeah. and then you on top of that, our cost of living is slightly higher than mm-hmm. than than Houston. To a degree, to a degree, to certain parts that certain, are affect, okay. that where where Harvey's affected, yeah, yes. yeah, the outskirts, we're, we're, yeah, where Harvey South, affected, yeah. yeah, we have a higher cost of living. Our rentals are higher. 
Especially in this area, though. That's crazy for me. In this area. Like, yeah. yeah. It, it's, 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 it's pretty expensive. It is. It is. But I'm just thinking, like, Houston is, you know. So in general, but I'm Houston just saying what, where people were truly affected by Harvey. And then you look at Katrina. Yeah, there are people who, mm-hmm. you know, what was it? Like, Katrina, the GDP rate or there's a certain economic, you know, um, average salary was, is like, was the lowest of all 50 states. Mm-hmm. Then you're they're displaced into cities where the average cost of living is twice, three times sure. higher. I think we're we're seeing those effects more and more because people are trying to I hate to say assimilate, but that's what it is. Mm-hmm. You're having to assimilate into areas where you're, you're not accustomed to and to get to get caught up. Mm-hmm. And they don't. There's not enough uh, manpower, foot soldiers, in places like a city square to. Right. To, to do go, what to, doing. to go out to the yeah. to the masses to the to masses. and then also I'm you know uh, you know people are spraying just like when people you know Trent and you know, migrate here you know there some yes stay in the city but folks are starting to migrate out into the surrounding cities so mm-hmm. you're seeing like I mentioned in the in the introduction you know you're going to see that homeless population migrate to the surrounding cities as well so yeah. that might be contributing to the to the rise. But yeah, it was just a kind of a question, you know, just to throw out there. No, not nothing to right. you. Yeah. It was just kind of like, you know, what's what is the what is the deal with the policies of like the specifically Dallas County and surrounding areas that affect know, that yeah. is affecting the and that I was percentage. Say as well, um a lot like I live in Arlington where you may see every blue moon one neighbor standing out with mm-hmm. a sign. They they and I was told and, and don't hold me to this that they don't have transit there. That was one of the reasons. So um even in Fort Worth they have a high neighbor um um influx and so since they're cleaning out a lot of those places I think, and I can't prove it, that since they're cleaning out those places and they do remember when Tent City was there, that they're migrating to Dallas because they're not as apt to get put out of their little situation as they would be in some of those type cities. Mm. So there's being shi- everyone's shifting. I think it was shifting. Because Dallas had a Tent City. Yeah. But right. now it's going remember, back up again. And it's right. But you're going to tear it down. Goes back up. Yeah, yeah. Everyone, or they'll they'll pop up in another location. Or, right, right. And then and and also I met from the last big Houston flood, mm-hmm. I've met several people who were displaced from that. And mm-hmm. they're here. I met a young man, he may have been nineteen. Uh-huh. He was standing in front of Walmart and he asked me for two dollars. And I gave him five. And I was like, Okay, Sonia, wait a minute. Go I went in the store behind him. He was buying food. And I went back and I got some money, money. And I gave him and I said, here, baby. I said, don't ask any questions. He looked at me. He started crying. He said, I'm from Houston. He said, I've been here since the flooding. He said, I'm going to use this money to go home. He said, me and my cousin is outside. We couldn't get home. We didn't have the money to get home. And that baby told me, look, it was so crazy. They grabbed their bags and they was running. He said, I'm finna go home now. He said, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. And I was like, whoa, God, thank you for putting that on my heart. Mm-hmm. You know, but again, we still ha- we have people from 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 that sure. Houston uh, sure. club. Mm-hmm. And they're still here. They can't get home. Mm-hmm. Because there we didn't, nothing was set up to take the nothing. So we, we set up to bring in emergency yeah. wise. Yeah. That's right. But we're not 
not that we want to kick anybody out, but I'm just saying, time, well, to, time, time to go home. And there are some people that actually want to go back home. Yeah, yeah, we, not, we didn't set up anything for anyone to go back home. But, and yeah. they're overcrowded. What what they going to do? The the uh, Austin Street, yeah. all these places are overcrowded. Yeah, exactly. You know? so, like certain and, places got waiting lists. Yeah, and then waiting. they come here and what are they going to do? Mm-hmm. So they're outside. Yeah. They're behind so the, buildings. They're that, And that contributes to the increase. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep, so, yep, yep. What would you like to see? What would you like to see changed? Is there one like a policy or something, government wise? Now that you've been through no, all you, of yeah, this, I was going to say you have the experience of two states. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What would you like to see changed? I I just want awareness. Awareness brings change. Like I need for 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 them sitting up in the White House and in the Black House or wherever they live to understand that this is a problem. What about locally? That you well, but it starts there because once oh. once it's, it's yeah, it's gonna have to start a little bit bigger locally. Yeah, they need to open their eyes. Mm. They need to drive around. Stop being afraid. These are people, you know. Yeah, some of them a little hype than the other, but you got hype folk in your house. Oh. You got oh, hype yeah. hype folk on things in your house. Mm-hmm. So get out and see who these people are and why these people are there. You would be surprised. People just need another chance. We look at the neighbors and some of them don't they look different from us, so we see them differently. No, you need to talk to these people. And then you'll realize they're people. So what can we do to help? There are vacant buildings all around here. Why can't we why why can't if nobody owns them or if somebody owns them and the city can get them, why can't we turn those into transitional homes? Why can't we gut them out and, and some of these old hospitals and old um, these old factory buildings, why can't we gut them out and give them beds? Oh, they don't appreciate something. Well, you know what? There's a lot of people don't appreciate a whole lot of things. But some people will appreciate a one night in. One mm-hmm. night only. They'll appreciate that. Talk to people. You know what I'm saying. If 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 the elected officials and newly incoming, um, put the signs down mm. and walk. Put the signs down. Don't stake the sign in my neighborhood. Stay in my neighborhood and see what's going on with my people. You know, talk to my people. Mm-hmm. Just because he laying on the ground don't mean he ain't got good sense. That mean he ain't got a roof. So talk to him and find out what. How did you get here, sir? What could we have done to keep you from getting here? Now, some people don't want to change. I got a brother. He been on drugs his whole life, but that was because he was abused. He ain't going to change. He's still on drugs. But that speaks to something even deeper, Right, right. Mental health. But but, but that's that's what I'm getting at. So so, so find out what's really going on with him. You want to discard him just because he look a little loco, he act a little loco, but help fix it. Come down off your high horse, baby. Open them doors. Come out your air condition and sweat a little bit and see what the problem is. Sure. Trust me, the problem can be fixed. There are resources. People always talk about what they don't have. That's not true. You can't tell me we got high-rise buildings going up every other day. We got million-dollar apartment complexes going. And y'all going to get me started? Go we ahead. Got no, million go, dollar go, 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 we we, we didn't stop you. We didn't stop you. Go you know, off, Seth. We got <laughs> a million-dollar apartment complex going up. And you mean to tell me you can't gut out one of these vacant buildings and give some of these neighbors beds? 
You mean to tell me we got to throw away this good food that we done made that ain't nothing wrong with? We got to throw it away rather than feed people? Come on, bro. Come on, sis. Let's not do this. I went to, I, I didn't even know this week. Speaking of which, high-rise apartments. I was downtown. Oh, you go ahead because I already know. I was downtown. Not only the, the, the high-rises that they throw up, I I, I do work in healthcare and mm-hmm. I and I go see people. And so, like I said, been in and out downtown all all the while and mm-hmm. did not know that this building existed mm-hmm. for our neighbors. For our neighbors. Oh, City Square? City Walk. Oh, the Ac- oh, City on Acker. City yep. Walk on Acker. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Ain't that nice? Oh my God. Mm-hmm. I was oh, like, you about uh, am I allowed to say exactly where it is? Mm-hmm. I was oh, there. the one by the seven eleven? Yes, yes, it is. Oh, yeah, I've been, yeah, I've been in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and it's nice. And they got security at the door, baby. Yes, yes I know. You don't just That's walk a in nice there. No, but I say that to say, you know, because I had to physically, I had to, you know, see somebody in that building. And so I was like, I had to be escorted. Yes, yes ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I had to, um, they had to swipe me in. Yes, but ma'am. But the views is off the chain. So <laughs> I was saying that, I was like, well, hot dang. And those are for who? Our neighbors. Our neighbors. Yes, I but that's not the only build. Like there's some other buildings. You, like the tiny know, homes as, as well too. So, right. but yes. I say that to say, but the it visual, can be it done. Can, it can be done. Can but be done. we we it have this this mindset visually. This is what you know neighborly buildings should look like, Mm-mm. and it's not because look at this beautiful high rise that Mm-mm. I'm like fit, folks are just coming in and out, and I was just like kind of remind me of home. I had to parallel park and yeah. put a car, and I was like. I was like, well, now, okay. Yeah. So, but yeah, I was like, it can be, we can, we can house our neighbors tastefully. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It it was, it was straight luxury because I, I mean, no, dis- I walked in no disrespect, but I was like, oh, man, can I, I, right. can I, can I get an app? Right. I, was like, I was like, this right. is the rooftop like, terrace. Can I get an app? I walked right. in, I was like. Yes, ma'am. Well, how, mu- <laughs> how much? Yeah, how, how much is your rent today? Because well, I need that. I was like, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, absolutely agree with you. With the, it's doable. It all does. we're saying to our mammologists, yeah. it's doable in any city. It's doable. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know what I wish they would do? What? Oh, I wish they would take them, them cute suits off, them five hundred dollars shoes, them two hundred dollars suits, and take your Louboutins off. Um. You know, your, your your product glasses, throw you on some glasses that you had to get out the dollar store, put you on a pair of sneakers that came out of uh, Dollar General, put you on some regular clothes and go walk and talk to them folk. I hate it when I see people, click, 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 child, them folk don't want to bother you just as much as you don't want them bothering you. Mm-hmm. Them people want to live, mm-hmm. you know, so... I just want them to actually come to... Sometimes I go sit out on the stoop and I talk to the neighbors. They love me and I talk to them. And I be out there and I'm and I'm good, I'm good country in, in, in Louisiana. I be good and they just laugh. You know, and it's like, just look at their people. Mm-hmm. I, I was a raggedy building once mm-hmm. and now I'm a high rise. Mm. So can we look at everybody? Can we see a high rise in everybody we see? Mm-hmm. Can we build that building up? Instead of continuously tearing it down. Because if you keep taking rooms, knocking out windows, knocking down doors, you're going to tear that building down. And that's what we're doing to these people. So we need to start building. How about you put a nail here? Talk to them. Put a little paint here. Listen to them. 
throw a little tarp him, understand him, and then you've built something. You've built a person. You put in, you put in a, an, an attitude that where now I, I feel like something. I may not all the way look like it, but I feel like a little bit of something to where there's hope. Mm-hmm. And that's what we have to do. We have to build hope. That's the only thing I ever had. I had knees to pray on. I had the 23rd Psalms, and I had hope. And without that, I had nothing. But a lot of people don't have that strength, so why we can't give it to them? Be surprised how words build. I talk to people every day, and they got, you don't know, you don't even understand what you do to people, how you, how you build people up. And I'm like, I guess because I, I wasn't built, so I want to build. Mm-hmm. You know, call, call me a constructor. You know what I'm saying? Call me a a a a, a, a redefine or whatever. Mm-hmm. But we we wouldn't we need to build those people. Where can people find what you up to next? I mean, yeah. not next, because we know next. you got the seasonings and all, but I mean and she out there cooking for the celeb. I know, I <laughs> signing do. NDAs. I wish I could sign NDA. Look at me. It's like, can y'all come cook for me? Cause this week has been a week. Look at me. <laughs> Look at me. Can y'all just please? Please cook for me and the three people. Three she got a people. meal prep too. Yeah, a meal prep. <laughs> look, she and, and it's crazy because when I started telling people what I do, they be like, "What don't you do?" Well, I don't hurt people. I only tell lies if it's necessary, <laughs> and I make sure that everybody's okay. <laughs> but um, so I was a nutritionist. Uh huh. Because like once I came out the coma, it was like I had something to prove. You know what I'm saying? Oh, y'all say I can't do this, so I just start studying and studying. I did personal training. Mm-hmm. And I started, you know, just building up so many things. Like, you can't be a one-trick horse. Honey, I ain't a one-trick lioness, honey. I yeah. can get it. I can meal prep. I can show you how to nutrition. I can write you a meal plan. I can give you some sauces. Now, if you want it good in country, I can give you good in country. Italian food is my specialty. So if you want it good in gourmet, I can give you that, too. Okay. Where can people find you? Yeah. Let, let them know your uh, social media, all of that. Okay. I am on Facebook, um, Chef Sonia Dorsey. Um, we also have definitely Dorsey De- Designer Cakes and Catering. Um, we have that page. Also, on Instagram, we're definitely Dorsey underscore Saucy Sonia's, where you will find um, me talking about my spices and mm-hmm. about life and giving, you know, just, just talking to people, motivating people and you know, as I motivate you, I motivate myself. Right. Do you have any upcoming, like, public events or events people can buy a ticket to, That anything like that? Or you kind of, I mean, it's a lot of your stuff right now, mainly private stuff um, right now. Well, you got actually, going on. in about an hour and a half, we're going to oh, be okay. in Duncanville. So you'll oh. be in Duncanville? Yeah, we'll be in Duncanville. Okay. Um, and, yeah, I don't know the address, but... <laughs> What are you What are you doing in Duggan? <laughs> we are going. Uh, we, we were asked last minute to do a pop up. Okay, so we're gonna have our spices. Um, I'm gonna. My husband is as we speak. He's frying some chicken, putting my little, the little wingettes, and putting my spices on it and sauces and stuff, so people can just get a little sample. Mm-hmm. So you know, I I call myself a Cali, Louisiana Texan. So I bring all of that to my cooking. So um, really, the sauce line is is the spice line is really something that's near and dear to my heart. So that's kind of where I'm at. So Saucy Sonia's, you're going to see it in stores. I believe it. I receive it. I'm excited. Nice. We're excited for you. Thank you for being a blessing today. Thank you for your inspiration. Thank you. Thank y'all. Yeah. And I'm working on a book. Oh, I'm done today. (laughs) I 
tell you. Oh, and uh, my nickname She's is like, Sunshine. If you're not already impressed by me <laughs> and blessed, let me give you some more. Yeah. Yeah, right? <laughs> well, I love it. Let's call my life it. in the sunshine. My nickname is Sunshine. And Mary J had this song called My Life. And it says, if you look at my life, you will see what I see. So that song helped me through a lot of things that I was going through. So I want people to look at my life. And I really want you to see what I see. Mm -hmm. So in my book, and I'm getting down and dirty and I'm telling on people. You know, I may not be able to put you in jail, but I can tell on you. And and nobody's, nobody is, everybody's going to get it. And I'm naming names because it was true fact. Yeah. Um, and I also have a book called The Husband Diary. And this is a book that I compiled because um, I, I, I talk to a lot of women and I do a lot of motivational speaking. So The Husband Diary is 365 days of, um, it's like a diary, but it's things that women have told me and I ask permission. So I'm kind of giving the husbands what women are really thinking and really doing in this diary without naming names. So that's going to be amazing. That's cool. That oh is my God. cool. Yes. Thank you. Thank, Thank you so you much. Yes, ma'am. So much. Oh, guest. my goodness. So please check out additional resources and links in our show notes where you can find out more information about our topics as well as Chef Dorsey's bio and other IG, um, not IG, social media <laughs> tags. We ask that you rate and review this and other episodes or send us an email at mahoganymomology at gmail.com. Then continue the conversation via our Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter pages. So until next time, I'm Tosh. And I'm Mel. And we thank you for listening to Mahogany Mammology. Bye-bye.